when you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you changed. Do you ever take time and reflect? Go back and remember? I don't go back this far very often. You know, next month I turn 64. Don't let the gray hairs fool you. I am still young at heart. And I was just reflecting. I don't encourage this, but B.C., I would attend school dances. How many ever attended a school dance? Oh, we got a few of you out there. And I remember that uh, the guys, you know, we were cool. We'd stand in the corner over there and they'd be playing and the girls, they'd be out there on the dance floor. No men dancing with them, or no young men, boys, were dancing with them, so they started dancing with each other. Because they came to dance. And I can remember one in particular, it was up at West Valley in the 70s. And they had announced, okay, this is the last song of the night. We'd been standing there all night in the corner. And so that's when you worked up the nerve, and you're trying all night long, you know. You're just about to, and you're thinking, next dance, next dance. All right, next dance. And I can remember going out, you know, and, you know, you, you was kind of watching. You picked somebody out, and you went and asked them, do you want to dance? <laughs> sure. And so you got out there, and you cut her up. What was stiff and lethargic standing in the corner. You couldn't be out. Now, there was a few guys. But that wasn't my style. Hey, when I went to the, sin, the seventh grade dance, my date and I became the king and the queen. Because of our dancing. But then I came to the Lord. And I got the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. And I began to stiffen up a little bit. I was very, very conservative. Matter of fact, when I, when I would sit in the church and there were others that had so much liberty, so much freedom, I was so envious of that. I didn't have it. I was scared of it. I remember a night when... The place was just going wild with worship, and I was standing there in the second pew behind Sister Leslie. And I remember it started dying down, and I said, no, 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 no. I was just getting ready. Lord, please, just let it continue a little while longer. And all of a sudden, there it went, and I looked around. Nobody's eyes were open. They weren't watching me anyway. It didn't matter. I got that one hand up. Oh, my Lord. 
the weights that begin to fall off of me and the freedom that began to come, I took the other hand up. Spirit of God had hit him. He'd run around the church. And, and, and many others. He's calmed down now, and I'm not trying to trigger you. Stay there. <laughs> but I remembered how obvious it was that there was literally an anointing that would come upon individuals. And they would respond in a physical way. As an expression of worship unto God. Now it was, it was probably a few years later because I was married. I remember the time. There was a camp meeting at Black Lake Campground in Olympia, Washington. And I went, my wife and I, her cousins, and they had these seating. Remember the old movie theater seating flipped up? You went along and flipped the seat down, sat down. Well, anyway, it, they were so tight together. Once you flipped the seats down and there were people between you and the aisle, you weren't getting up. You weren't getting up. And the preacher started preaching, and he, he got to it. He was a building, and you could feel the Holy Ghost. It was going to be, oh, my goodness, it's coming, it's coming. And all of a sudden, he said something. And electricity came into the palms of my hands. And when I hit the sides of those feet, my feet went straight up in the air. Literally launched me from seat number four to the aisle. My feet were already going 30 miles an hour when I hit the floor. And I ran out the back door of the church. But it opened something in me that gave me a liberty in God that I had never had. I remember one night, Brother Bruce Meadows, he said, Brother Schoonover, come here, sit down by me. I said, okay. The pastor had asked me to start leading worship services, and he knew I was kind of stiff. I wanted to lead and worship, and he says to me, you know, if you just cut loose... You'd really bless us. And I don't remember how long it was, but there came a change. There came a liberty in my worship, and I'm thankful to God for it. Book of John, chapter 4, at verse 19. This is... Jesus said, I must needs go by way of Samaria. And when he got to a well, the others went into town to buy some meat, and he was there by the well. There's a woman there, and the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. They had had some dialogue, and he had said some things to her about her life that nobody else should have known, a stranger especially, possibly, but uh, he said, she said, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem. 
is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It is important to know what you believe. The mighty God in Christ, the single plan of redemption that reconciles men unto God. It's important to know that when you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, all heaven can bring a response. True worshipers would tell me there must be some false worshipers. They worship. She was a worshiper. But she didn't have the revelation nor the understanding of what it was. That she was worshiping. It's good to stay in the book. And do a study. And seek the Lord. And allow the opening of our understanding. And the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that when you begin. To praise him. That when you live your life even. As worship unto him. That you can, you can focus on the reality of who he is. First Samuel chapter 5. If you do a, a reading or a study over the Old Testament. After Israel was taken out of Egypt. They went across the Red Sea. And then they went out into a wilderness area. It would have been a will of God. To have led them right to the Jordan River. Crossed the Jordan on into the promised land. But attitude, faithlessness, perspective forced the hand of God. You ever heard a mother say of her child, oh, she's a stubborn one. That was you. Or your father said to you, or said to your son, you can't be so stubborn. And when you read and realize there was a stubbornness over the nation of Israel and God's constant attempt to lead them, he'd have to turn around. You know, let him up. Look at the map. Let him up to the Jordan. Up. Let's turn right. Up. Head. Let's go back. Let's go back. And as he led them in the wilderness, Year after year after year for 40 years. And provided for them daily. Provision to sustain them 
and then to have them to begin to whine, complain. I want steak. I'm tired of this bread. So he sent them quail. And there were many that stayed in the desert, having fallen down into the ground, with the meat of the quail still in the teeth of their mouth. And so it's a good thing in our walk with the Lord to allow for brokenness, allow for contrition, allow for humility, allow a shaping and a molding, making us into different vessels than with what he started with when we came to him. Because it is then that he leads us into places and end up in houses we didn't build, vineyards we didn't plant, living life where provision is made through the supernatural intervention of God to the degree that we can know, I didn't do that, I didn't achieve that, he did that, I'm giving him all the glory. In that process, Moses was instructed in the tabernacle plan. And within the tabernacle plan, there were what was referred to as furnishings. The brazen altar, the brazen laver of water, and then the holy place and the altar of incense, the table of showbread. These various things that were a part of ceremonial worship that was instructed by God that when everything was done in order, the presence of God would come down and manifest itself. Jehovah God would come down and His Spirit would manifest in a Shekinah glory between the wings of the cherubim, over the mercy seat that was a part of the construction of the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of God and it was the ark of God that represented the presence of God the mercy of God his glory among the people and there were battles that they would be engaged in and be involved in and they would often take the ark with them to battle and in one such time when apparently the, the actions of the people, the attitudes of the people had caused God to allow the enemy to capture and take the Ark of the Covenant. It was the Philistines. The Ark of the Covenant belonged to the people of God. It belonged to the nation of Israel. It Belonged to the people. And when it was among the people, it brought blessing. That same ark that brought blessing to the people of God. When captured by the Philistines. Was entirely different when it was in the enemy's camp. They began to get sick. They came down with plagues. There was nothing but problems. And it was a while. But finally they came to the place and said... We got to get this thing out of here. We got to get it out of here. And so they, had, they got advice from their, uh, their mediums and their uh, 
priest and they instructed, send it away and put some offerings in there. And, you know, get, get it out of here. That's not, that doesn't belong with us. It belongs with them. And in the process, it got to Israel. It didn't get to Jerusalem. It got to people. It didn't get to the place, its resting place, the temple. The Philistines had it for seven months. I can't remember the city that they took it to. But in the process, they took, well, wait a minute. When the Philistines got it, here's when they knew they were in trouble. They took it and they put it in the temple of Dagon. Dagon it. And when it was there, over the first night, they came back in and Dagon, who was, I don't know, sitting like this, was laying on his face in front of the Ark of the Covenant. Hey, if the rocks don't, or I mean, if we don't worship, the rocks will begin to cry out. And so whatever happened that night, old Dagon was on his face. And they went back and they went and they tipped it back up and, you know, dusted him off. And come on now, Dagon. Dagon. And the next night they came, or the next day they came in, and Dagon's head was cut off. Dagon's hands were cut off. And it was just his chubby stump sitting there. <laughs> and so they realized and got it out of their camp and sent it back. Now, I'm not going to cover all the time period because at one place it sat for 20 years. But somewhere in the heart of a young man that God had called to be king, he began to yearn and desire and finally moved into action and went after the Ark of the Covenant. When they got the Ark of the Covenant onto a cart and started moving it, you know, sometimes... We can be a little too casual with God. We make assumptions and we talk about His mercy and we talk about His love. But sometimes our approach to God is not as reverent as He would desire. And in the process of moving that Ark of the Covenant on a cart... You know, it started shaking a little bit, and one guy, Uzzah, he reached out and thought he was doing a right deed. But it disturbed God to the place he took his life in a moment. That caused everybody to step back, including David. Okay, wait a minute now. Let's change our approach. Let's take more of a reverent position before him. His holiness. And when he felt the peace to try it again, they mounted it up. They got it ready again, or I think maybe on staves this time, and began to carry it. And when they had taken one step, everybody okay? Still breathing? All right, good. Two, let's go. Same time. Two. Everybody all right? Okay. Oh, God. 
God. Oh, God. You ever been in a situation that was so extreme and so difficult in your life, you find your approach to God with greater reverence? And step three, and they're shaking. It was only a few steps when that thing shook the first time and who's to die? And so now it's step four. Finally, it's on to five and then six. And David says, stop. Set it down. Let's get some animals and sacrifice them. And they begin to sacrifice and make oblation unto God and worship him and give reverence unto him. And All right. Everybody up. One, two, five, six. Everybody stop. We don't want to take anything for granted. We want to let him know how sovereign he is, how holy he is, and make no mistakes. And six paces and six paces and six paces back to Jerusalem. They offered oblation, sacrifice, and worship unto him. And to a place that David was overcome. They were getting closer and closer. And the Bible says, David, begin to... Two-step. No, he wasn't two-stepping. The Bible says, with all his might. To the place his linen ephod was taken off. As the king... Leading. This is the approach. This is the attitude. I worship you. I praise your mighty name. I exalt you. As they brought the Ark of the Covenant back in to Jerusalem. And the blessing of God would begin to manifest itself. Okay, I'm getting a little older now. Don't let the looks, yeah. Psalms 150. Praise you the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent grace, uh, greatness. Praise him with the sound and the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery in the harp. Praise him with the timbrel in the dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Garbage can lids. Five gallon buckets. Let it bring praise unto him. Let everything that can breathe. I heard it explained to me one time. It was an individual laying on their bed, deathbed. Couldn't move, couldn't speak, couldn't do anything except... Breathing can bring praise unto God. Breathing. What kind of life is that? What purpose does this uh, 
provide. They're breathing. They're exercising life. And that brings praise to a creator that made them. Second Chronicles chapter 20. I never forgot. The first time I heard this message was at a youth convention. This portion of scriptures. And this came to me this morning. We're in a battle. Anybody agree? We're in a battle for ourselves. We're in a battle for others. Some we know. Most we don't know. So when we give ourselves to intercessory praying, oftentimes we don't know where the impact is. What we do know is His word will not return unto Him void, but it will prosper whereunto He sends it. And so as long as the flow is coming, as long as the intercession is being made and spiritual utterance being spoken out, directed of God, there are situations that they are impacting. Sometimes they're our very own when we don't know the answer. He, the Word instructed us, you're not going to know the answer, but He knows the answer. And through intercession, he will bring the answer. In this Old Testament setting, before the outpouring of the Holy Ghost upon New Testament believers, there were often battles being fought. Verse 15, 2 Chronicles 20 and 15 and he said, Hearken ye, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king Jehoshaphat. You see, there were enemies that had ganged up. It wasn't just a fight with one enemy. It was a handful of enemies that had came together and said, Let's join forces and let's attack Judah. And we will have victory. Thus saith the Lord unto you. Be not afraid. Nor dismayed by reason. Of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours. But God's. Down to verse 20. They arose early in the morning. And went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. As they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed some singers. I need some singers. Where's that praise team that started up here earlier? Where you at? Come on up here, help me. Come on, all of you. If you were here earlier, make it easy on me. Come on, stand here. You don't need any mics. Full attention, full attention though, right? 
He appointed singers unto the Lord. And that should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army. Wait, wait, wait a minute. We, we don't have any guns. We don't have any weapons. What do you want us to do? And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. I know I've been in battles that I didn't know what the next turn was. I didn't know what the next situation was. I can't even necessarily say I had any direction for down the road. All I knew was I was in a fix. And it was a battle that was far greater than I could achieve or do anything about. And I resort back to the scripture that in times like, you can get those microphones now. In times like this, I can choose to either do the two-step, but I ain't a two-stepper. Or I like David. Come on, let it come upon me and begin to dance before the Lord with all my might and give worship and praise to him. And let him set the ambushments against all those things that challenge me and my situation. Holy, holy, God Almighty, I will lift you up and magnify your name. Holy, God Almighty, I will lift you up and magnify your name. Jesus is, Jesus is the Holy One, the righteous Son of God, first and last, the great I am, the work is just Yes, I will lift 
every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, Jesus Christ is Lord forever. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, Jesus Christ is Lord forever.
long before I could do it. All I did was this. And then when I, that good get it done. the Lord. I know what you're feeling right now. I know your feet are like cement. And they're just being held to the ground. I wonder, maybe they'll go just one more time. Come on, for the holdout. You don't understand. It ain't my personality. I'm quiet. I'm shy. I'm reserved. Yeah, I said Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you lift up your voice with a shout to the Lord? Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Come on, somebody said chains are broken. Come on. Somebody said chains are broken. 
And at midnight, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Hallelujah. Come on, it might look like midnight, but you got to sing praises to God. It might look like midnight, but you got to lift up your voice anyhow. Hallelujah. Come on, if you got chains that you want to see fall off, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Would you lift up your hands? Come on. All across the room, I want you to lift up your hands right now. Every one of us, lift up your hands to the Lord. Some of you, this might be the first time you've done this in quite some time. But you know what? This is the posture the Lord wants to see when He looks at you. God, I worship you. God, I worship you. You alone are worthy of my praise. You alone are worthy of my praise. Beside you, there is no other God. Beside you, there is none other. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. If you'll give me just five minutes, I want to tell you a story. You can stand. You can sit. But I'm going to do this quickly. Brother Pablo, Brother Pablo Chan sent uh, some videos of Brother Billy Cole to Bishop. And Bishop mentioned those the other night, and I've been watching some. And Brother Cole told a story. I just got to repeat it right now. I'll, I'll try to give you the shortest version I can. He said, if you don't know, Brother Cole was used mightily of God in the 70s, 80s, 90s, saw countless thousands of souls receive the Holy Ghost under his ministry. And this particular time, he had gone into a town in the United States, and uh, a lady met him there, and she said, I want you to go pray for my father. He said, sure, I'll go pray for your father. She said, you don't understand. My dad is a, is a, a bitter old man. He doesn't like talking to people. He doesn't like visiting with people. Brother Cole said, it's fine. If the Lord sends me, I'll go. Long story short, he goes and visits this, this man. He, he was refusing care and treatment, just there in a, a room all by himself at, at his own apartment. And uh, Brother Cole walks in. He says, it's just a frail, sickly-looking old man that you can tell he's nigh to death. And uh, he goes and goes and sees him and, and uh, tries to greet him, and you can tell this guy just doesn't want to have anything to do with him. And so he greets him a little bit, and uh, he says, I just want just to pray here. Uh, your, wife, your daughter sent me, and I feel like the Lord could help you. I want to pray for you. And uh, he prays a little bit. The, the, the gentleman had no voice box, but he was speaking through one of those machines. You might have seen it. It does like a vibrate and gives out a sound. They probably even have a term for that. But... This gentleman was speaking through that, and he said, I, I know who you are. 
you're Billy Cole. I know because I was baptized in Jesus' name about 35 years ago, and I never received the Holy Ghost. Brother Cole said he fell to the floor and wept. Didn't know what to do. He was stunned by that. He felt the Lord finally gave him direction and said, you can pray this man through to the Holy Ghost. 35 years of bitterness, of sickness, of just the worst kind of health, everything imaginable, but the Lord had an appointment for that, that gentleman. And Brother Cole said, have you repented of your sins? And he nodded, yes. He said, I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. You've got to understand, Brother Cole had done this in Coliseums filled with tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people. Pray the prayer of faith. Expect people to know people are going to receive the Holy Ghost. And now he's in this man's house doing the same. And he said, I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. I'm going to put my hand on you. He said, I want you to put that box back up there to your throat when you feel the Lord and pray. And they prayed and he put that box up to the Lord. He said he was speaking in tongues plain as day. I want you to know that this church proclaims salvation for every soul. Every soul must repent of their sins. They must be baptized in the water in the name of Jesus Christ. They must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost as evidenced by speaking in other tongues. That is the salvation message. It is for everyone. Why don't you stand? It is for everyone. If you've not received the Holy Ghost, you can get it today. You can get it tomorrow. You can get it any moment. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, you can do that today. You can do it tomorrow. But don't delay. I want us to pray right now. I'm asking you to lift your hands one more time. The Lord knows every need. He knows every person here. Come on, I want you to just call out to the Lord. Call out to the Lord. You are my Savior. You are my Savior. You are my God and my King. You are Master. You are Savior. You are Lord. You are Lord. Hallelujah. You deserve all praise and glory. Come on, if the Lord will lead you, why don't you find somebody to pray with for a moment? Put your hand on the shoulder of this, beside the person next to you. Lay hands on them. Pray for them. Pray for your brother and your sister. Come on. Let the Lord minister through you right now. Let the Lord minister through you right now. I speak it in the name of Jesus. I declare healing right now in Jesus' name. I declare salvation right now in Jesus' name. Oh, it's the work of your spirit, Lord. It's the work of your spirit, Lord. Lord, let your spirit intervene right now. Jesus, I pray it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, if you haven't found somebody to pray with, go ahead. We're not going to hurry past this. We're lifting up one another in prayer right now. Let the, the body minister. Let the body minister. In the name of Jesus. Come on, if you need somebody, go find them. Tell them you need prayer. Tell them you need prayer. 
Come on, we're all in this together. As it was spoken, we all worship the same God. We all serve the same master. Come on, don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy. Let the Lord work through you. Let the Lord minister through you. Bear one another's burdens. So fulfill ye the will of God. Come on, I speak peace into the mind right now. I speak peace into the mind right now. Peace that passes understanding. God, I, am, I pray the impartation of your peace over your people right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want you to hear what I'm going to say next. Amen. I feel the Lord ministering and doing many mighty things. I feel like we're going to we're going to win a battle here real quick. we were singing it earlier I felt the Lord illuminate this to me I don't know I don't know anybody's circumstance but I feel like we're gonna just quickly and easily win the battle over depression right now it, it, it's not a long thing it's not a drawn-out thing when you're in the middle of it it feels that way but when it's over it's over every eye closed Come on, this is between you and the Lord, and we're all in this together. If you need this victory, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, if you need victory over depression, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right now. We're going to win this battle right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your voice and pray to the Lord right now. I take authority in the name of Jesus over the spirit of depression. I take authority. I bind it right now in Jesus' name. I speak loosing over the mind right now in Jesus' name. Be loosed and be set free in Jesus' name. Be loosed and be set free in Jesus' name. No longer. 
no longer in the name of Jesus. I pray the joy of the Lord over your people right now. I speak the joy of the Lord right now over every person that's dealing with this, that had dealt with this. It's no longer an issue. We're replacing it right now with the spirit of joy. We're replacing it right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. 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 I want you to just start worshiping and praising the Lord right now. Come on, the Lord is worthy of it. It's Him that does every good work. It's Him that sets the captive free. It's Him that brings deliverance. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your goodness. Jesus, I thank you for the victory here today. God, I thank you for the victory here today. In the name of Jesus. Come on, the Lord's going to expect you to exercise your faith. Some of you, I feel he's still talking to. He wants you to exercise your faith in him. It's not about what a doctor has to say or what your family has to say. It's about what God has to say to you. And he's going to expect you to exercise that faith. In the name of Jesus. You are the answer, Lord. You are the answer, Lord. You are the answer, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you believe it, would you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord one more time? Thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Don't leave here defeated. Jesus' name. Don't leave here defeated. Leave here victorious. Amen. Praise God. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Greet one another. Thank you for being here today.